Yeah. I love him and not the guy, just I love the band him. I mean, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I'm not going to hide about that. So, but uh what a great band and the stuff they used to sing about and I'll tell you, the youth nowadays are just, they're missing out on a lot of things because, I mean, for heaven's sake, him. Who would call themselves him now? Because, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, you're, 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 you're targeting someone who's not supposed to be called him and uh, just give me a fucking gun and let me shoot myself, honestly. Um, we've got a very busy show today. We've got a very special guest coming on. He's going to be chatting to us about... He's hatred for the UK, so we have a lot of things in common. Um, but apart from that, um, he's got a very cool company uh, that he co-founded. And we're going to be chatting to him about that and some other very interesting things. And uh, I've had quite a uh, interesting day. I've had quite a, quite a scary day. I'm, I'm still a little bit scarred about what I saw today. So as you guys all know, I'm still in the process of looking for a place to stay and um anyway someone f contacted me on facebook and told me what the price was and i thought okay well this is too good to be true i have to go see this especially in amsterdam so i arranged this last week already to go and uh, see him today he completely forgot about the appointment so i pressed the bell and he was like, what do you want? So I said, well, I'm here for this uh, this uh, appointment. Oh, well, I'm kind of busy. So I said, oh. Anyway, he pressed the button to let me in. And I can all I can uh, describe what I saw was it, something out of a, a porn production. That's the only thing I could uh, describe what I saw. There was Everything was red inside. There was red lighting. And there was that music that you would play if you, you know, want a heavy, a very heavy hardcore sex session. And the door opens and I can hear some things in the background. And I'm thinking, okay, before he comes out, should I, should I just take a run? Should I just run and, and just pretend this didn't happen? As I'm about to do that, he invites me in. So I'm thinking, okay, fuck I have to go in now. There's no going back now. What I saw, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm scarred for what I, what I saw. Basically, he had company over from the previous night, and uh, I didn't, I didn't see the person because they were locked in the room. But uh, all I can describe is this guy coming out. Pretty much naked. The only thing that was he was covering was he had he had a towel that was covering his cock, and that was the only thing I could describe because everything was everything else was bare. Uh, you could see his ass. He had no clothes on. You know, like a typical guy would do when you come out the shower. You know, you dry yourself and then you come out the shower with just towel wrap. You know, holding your balls and your cock and all of that. Please, please come in, come in. And I'm just I'm thinking to myself, oh God, what is this guy gonna do to me now? Because this is before I find out that he's, you know, he's got company in the room. So I'm thinking, shit, maybe I'm going to be his company or something like that, you know. Anyway, he comes in and I go in. And it was just, it was just red flags apart from the red lights that I saw inside. It was just, the whole thing was just red flags. And I should have thought about this from the moment I engaged with conversation with this guy on Facebook because the house the house stank because there was a dog living inside a full size dog like you know one of these staffies Staffordshire dogs full size Staffordshire dog and you know when you don't bath a dog it starts to get that stink smell so that already you know already put me off and um, and then there was the living situation now, I didn't go into the room that I was supposed to go see because obviously he had already 
Someone was already tied up to the bed, I'm presuming, in the room with handcuffs and all of that. Probably a, a, a ping pong ball strapped to their mouth as well. And I thought, okay, well, don't worry. Don't worry, it's fine. Because now he's panicking because now he's, I'm, I'm there. And so I said, don't worry. You know, look, you know what? We can reschedule. Don't worry, I'll come back next week. If there's anything I appreciate about working on radio, it's that I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at bullshitting people. I'm pretty good at telling white lies. Because you know, that's what they teach you on radio. How to be a good liar, how to be an actor. So yeah, and, and you know, I, I saw the kitchen and there was there was food left on plates for I don't know how long. And look, I'm not judging how this guy lives. That's not right for me to to judge because, you know, he does live by himself. But so do I. I live by myself and I don't even live like that. And I'm sure I'm sure I'll, I'll, my guest today doesn't even live like that. I hope he doesn't live like that. Um, but it was just, you know, big just red flags. And I just thought, no, I, I'm not going back. There's just no way I'm going to go back to... Um, place so you know after after telling him yeah yeah we'll reschedule for one at whatever day it was yeah yeah for sure absolutely you know blah 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 anyway I'm not going back there so you know but I thought it was just it was too good to be true especially the price that uh, he was offering and I'm not angry I'm not disappointed because I I knew what I was getting myself into you know I'm, I'm more Scarred. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to sleep for a few for a few nights for you know what I what I saw. So, and then I saw before this, I saw there was some news um, on Facebook. Um, it was trending on one of these groups that I'm that I'm part of, one of these expat groups. And uh, basically, I'm not gonna get too much into it because it's pretty gruesome, but. Uh, there was a, a family who just moved to New Zealand from where I'm from in South Africa. They just moved to New Zealand and the mother killed the three children. It was, it's pretty horrific. Um, and from what I could see in this, in this, in this scene, and from what I was reading, it's, it looked like the mother was taking quite a bit of strain, you know, because... When you immigrate to a to a new country, it's it's difficult, you know. It's it's not as easy as people make it to be, and what people and what and what it sounds like, um, you know. Some people can, but it's not it's not easy, and especially for you know people who come from South Africa, you know, it's the the community there is very 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 tight knit, and in fact, people in in South Africa, especially in certain parts of the country, live in a very, they live in their own little world. And the moment they leave that little world, that space, and they go to a new country, that's where it's, you know, I'm not saying this is the reason, but it sounds like, you know, she was just very far away from her family and all of that. So I think this should all just be a, a, a lesson if I can use that word, you know, if you do ever meet someone from your country and, you know, they've immigrated to the Netherlands or to New Zealand or wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, you know, take five minutes, just five minutes, just say hello, you know, because hello does go a long way. Um, and just welcome them into this, this country that they've decided to move to, you know, because they've left this little world that they've come from. They've left their own comfort zone and now they're in a completely different environment different space so yeah take the time to just welcome those people um because that's the i think that's the most important thing make people feel welcomed even if it's just hello um you don't even have you don't even have you don't even have to have anything in common with them just say hello all right uh let's get into some news before we kickstart uh, the interview uh, today, my guest is raring to go. I mean, there are cameras everywhere in the studio. I thought last week's interview was pretty cool. I mean, I'm being filmed and I'm not used to this. I mean, there's cameras. Every I literally feel like we've set up the studio to be a porn, a porn set. Not for the first time. 
That come, yes, this is coming afterwards. Uh, I mean, I've, God, if, I, if, if there's anything from what I saw today, this is just a teaser from what I experienced earlier on today. So, all right, let's get into some news. And uh, Chinese astronauts, or as they are more commonly known as super spreaders, have returned to Earth from their longest ever mission in space. Uh, they spent 90 days in space, only to realize that there's nobody else in space to infect with the coronavirus. Not even, not even our friends, not even our alien friends were available to join in on the fun. Now, in a statement, the Chinese government said, we are pleased to have gone above and beyond to, infe to infect what we thought were other humans in space with our best imports, the coronavirus. Now, let's quickly delete this whole paragraph and cover our tracks quickly, quickly. A group of professors at a Harvard medical school have raised more than $15 million dollars to bring back the woolly mammoth from extinction. However, scientists have long abandoned the idea as, they, as there is already a living, breathing, farting woolly mammoth living in 10 Downing Street, Boris Johnson. Uh, Virginia uh, Guifrey, strange name, uh, well, her legal team has accused Prince Andrew of playing a game of hide and seek behind the palace walls uh, whilst they seek to serve him with a lawsuit. Uh, the suit accuses Prince Andrew of sexually abusing uh, Griffey uh, when she was 17. Uh, Andrew said it was only one finger instead of two fingers he used to abuse her and claims that he, he, didn't even, he didn't even smell his fingers afterwards. So he denies any wrongdoing. Michael Gove uh, used racial slur, made homophobic comments and joked about pedophilia on his way to claiming, uh, on, on the way to climbing, should I say, the ladder in the Conservative Party's uh, initiation process to become a member whilst in his 20s. Uh, he referred to people living in countries colonized by the, by the British as fuzzy wuzzies. He said gay people thrive taking it up their ass and suggested that the late Conservative Minister uh, Leon Britton was a pedophile. Uh, Gove has refused to comment on the recordings from the 80s and 90s during what any good Conservative Minister would do, and that's by saying absolutely nothing. And lastly, it was the 20th anniversary of 9-11 last Saturday. The Taliban uh, also chose that day to raise their flag over the presidential palace with a white banner that had a small propeller plane attached to it. Uh, according to the Taliban interim government, it was all in the name of shits and giggles. Alrighty then, let's get into our interview today. And uh, my guest today, as I said, uh, he's a guy by the name of Ed. He is an English guy who lives in Rotterdam, who, subse who subsequently hates the UK. Now we'll get into that, as I say, later on, later on in the interview. Apart from that, uh, apart from hating the UK, should I say, he's also the co-founder of a company called Mind Industries, which is an up-and-coming art gallery performance space in Rotterdam. Uh, the company's aim is to disrupt the art scene and bring a more edgy approach to it. I like that. Ed, it's good to have you. It's good to be here, yeah. <laughs> now, Tommy, uh, talk, me through, uh, your, talk me through your mindset and your visions. It's a good Tommy. play on words there, Wade. <laughs> I, I do my best, I do my best. Welcome, so, thank you for coming, blah, blah, blah. All that happy, yeah, all that no, thank stuff. you. It's great, great to be here and uh, nice, to, uh, nice to finally uh, be in the building. Um, I think we got locked out a few weeks ago, so it's... Uh, yeah, no comment. <laughs> Very, uh, very nice to actually be here. Um, it's been a long time in the making. So, um, yeah, basically, my name's Ed. Um, I am co-founder, CEO of uh, Mind Industries. Uh, as Wade has just said, we're an up-and-coming art gallery. Um, we're creating some really great content at the moment, and we're working with some fantastic artists. Um, we have a lot of stuff on the go, so we've just literally put up on YouTube uh, Alley Cat Race, which is a very Dutch thing. Um, it basically started with the uh, cycle couriers wanting to prove who was the fastest. So hmm. what they do is they forget about any red lights, any traffic rules, anything like that. And you get a very mishmash manifest, which is basically a list of places you need to visit um, within a certain amount of time. And as I mentioned, there's there's no rules. So a lot of chaos ensued that weekend. It was uh, it was really fun. So, Sounds <laughs> like my kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, you'll have to come along for the next one. We were saying we could we could do with some commentary. So. <laughs> You've got the setup here, man. <laughs> we just need a courier now. 
I think I might know some. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, as as you say, we're uh, we're we're sort of um, getting a lot of stuff produced at the moment, lots of content, and uh, we're more than interested. Anyone out there, anyone that's listening who has been playing around in the art scene, please feel free to get in touch. It's subs at mind.industries. We're happy to work with anyone, and uh, the more the merrier. I think it's uh, it's one of those. You know, we've got some great talent, and there's always room for more. So it's super interesting. Now, do you do you find artists, especially unsigned artists, willing to work with you? I think a lot of people are, are, are willing to share. I mean, you know, if, if if you look at the way the world is these days, with, with Instagram being such a great platform, with YouTube stuff like yeah. that, um, you know, everyone wants to make content, and and, and not many people uh, really have the equipment to do so. I mean, you know, like you were saying here today, we we can provide the cameras, we can provide you know, a, a space to, uh, to be doing stuff and um, more than happy to, to work with any up and coming artists, anyone like that. And just to see whether it sticks or not, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly interesting, you know, sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't, but um, you know, I think we had Manny on who was a guest uh, of yours a few weeks ago. Um, you know, the, the Saturday before last was, was absolutely crazy. We were, we were doing some uh, recording with Manny and we ended up with two other DJs. I mean, it's it's something that you get in the Netherlands that I don't think you find specifically in the UK. Um, you know, we're just in the park. We had, we had our music set up and everything going. And, and this girl came over and said, hey, I'm a DJ as well. Can I have a go? And it's, uh, two hours later, she's on my stream. So it's, uh, it's really great. You know, that's uh, it, it's super fun. And I don't think you, you'll find anything like that anywhere else in the world. Um, you know, the Netherlands is a fantastic country for bringing creatives together um i mean we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for that so no, and what what i find about what i love about the, the the netherlands is that as you say they they encourage people to either start their own business mm -hmm. or help fund a business yeah um and it's great i love that i think more countries should be doing that um and what i've also noticed as as you said um some people don't have the the technology or the 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 kit to do what you're doing or what I'm doing. But the thing is you, especially with what I'm doing, you don't need the, the kit. The only reason I have all of this is just because I come from that environment. So I mm. need to be comfortable. Everyone is a podcaster now. And the funny thing is I never went into this because it's a trend. I went in it for other reasons. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's great. Um, and I, I love what you guys are doing. I remember we went for a drink after I spoke with Manny and you were telling me about your visions for the next year and, and what you want to achieve and create. And I think anyone who has that bit of edginess to them um, should definitely um, take a, a, a further look into what you guys are doing because it's really, it's really cool. I mean, I'll be very honest. I've never been to an art gallery but it's purely because I wouldn't be interested in Mona, okay, maybe Mona Lisa. I've actually got a picture on my phone of Mona Lisa, but she's got her breasts out. <laughs> I'll go see that. I got that from the Sex Museum, actually. And there's the, other, there's the other one that's going around wearing the face mask at the moment as well, yes, isn't there? Yes, with so. the drink in the straw. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely, if, you know, if, if someone asked me to go see what you guys are doing, absolutely, because I, I, I like, being disruptive, if I can use a better word or a better term, because, you know, doing the same stuff is boring. And what you guys are doing is seriously good. Now, what response have you guys gotten from this edginess uh, that you've taken, this approach that you've taken? I mean, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, we uh, we just released a video today um, of the Alley Cat race. And I, I mean, saw I that. I think we're over sort of 50 views at the moment. It's been up for like four hours. So. Hmm. I mean, it's uh, it, it is really amazing, especially when you're working with the underground community as well, because word travels very fast, um, you know, and, and people, especially in cycle courier circles or, you know, graffiti circles or, you know, even in the underground sort of music production world, a lot of people are friends with each other. And, um, you know, you, you once you get recognized and you start to build that momentum, it, it will snowball. Um, you know, we're seeing our engagement up sort of a thousand percent week on week at the moment. And it's it's absolutely amazing to uh, to see it. In fact, it's really humbling um, to, to be welcomed by the community in, in such a way, because, you know, I mean, going on what you were saying uh, when, when you introduced me, I think hatred is a bit of a hard word for the UK. Um, 
I definitely hate the incumbent government. That's that's yes. for sure. Um, yes. But even still, like, I never really found that I fit in in the UK. Um, at least not like I do here. Um, you know, I, I moved in sort of July of last year, and. I was met with just the most amazing friend circle that I could have asked for. Um, you know, I met Carlos a year ago and uh, we, we own a business together now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, really am super humbled by by the reception that we've had uh, in the Netherlands. And it's just absolutely fantastic, you know, and uh, it really is something that you don't get anywhere else in the world. I know I've said that about a hundred times now, but uh, <laughs> you'll well, probably hear it a few more before the end of the interview. Sure. And I, I encourage you to say that because, you know, look, as you said, I, I don't hate the, the, the UK in general. I just hate what I'm seeing because mm. it's an embarrassment. Um, but, you know, just like with you, I came here with no friends. I literally, I came, I came here for a girl, for God's sake. And we all know how that went. <laughs> Uh, so I, I came here for different reasons. And obviously when I got here and realized and found out that this girl was had no interest in me, she could have said that to me from the start. But anyway, I thought, okay, well, I'm here now. So what am I going to do? And I thought, well, you know, just like with you, what am I good at? I, I assess things that I'm good at. And the only thing I'm good at is talking to people. Believe it or not, although... The moment I leave the studio, I'm a very quiet person. Um, so, you know, apart from that, what am I good at doing as a job, as a career, as a business? And that was the whole reason I started this was because it wasn't because, as I said, it was because of trends. I did it purely because it was my way of retaliating against the system, as in radio, you know, going against the rules. And now that I'm free... The question I actually wanted to ask you is, uh, do traditional art spaces hate you because of the people? I mean, I'm sure you're stealing their people <laughs> because that's what happened with me in the beginning. A lot of people, especially people that I worked with on radio, despised me because, you know, here I am. I'm taking what was theirs mm. because, you know, radio's boring. I mean, I think... <laughs> In a way, we're, we're kind of really breaking the norm. Um, there's yeah. no one that really does what we do um, in in the sort of conventional art space. So, I mean, it's not something that I, I've really noticed from... Uh, I mean, we, we work with gallery owners. We work with, um, you know, more conventional artists. Uh, we hang out a lot with a girl who uh, does painting restoring. Um, so this is, you know, old sort of tens, twenties, hundreds of thousands of uh, euros worth of paintings if they fall off of a van or something like that and then uh, she, she'll patch them up and, and get them going and you know she, she's probably been one of the the biggest most vocal people for for minds um outside of myself and carlos you know and it's uh it's really great to see the two worlds sort of merging um and i think that's that's definitely something that has been a, a big space in the market um this whole time i mean there's always been sort of the graffiti culture out on the edge of the of the art world and there's been no one that's really sort of brought it together and, and yeah you know, we're showcasing the, the dark side of, of the industry. You know, we've got videos like we just released today that's full of lots of drum and bass and running red lights and doing things that probably get you in a bit of trouble. But at the same time, you know, the, there's some artists that we're working with. Uh, we met a girl the other week who is a jazz singer um, and we're going to be recording some sets with her um, to, to get her name out there a bit more. And, you know, this is... The really great thing about being in the arts it's a very eclectic area uh, to work in so you know there, there's always something going on and as long as you don't tread on someone's toes you know i, I couldn't set up rotterdam lab for instance and uh, well i know. mean you could <laughs> and, and you know, the funny thing is and i'll get to the name of your company but the funny thing is a lot of people and i actually had an interview and he's i just said that and he's brought a bottle of wine by the looks of it out <laughs> Uh, this is cider. Uh, cider, for, cider. Yes, uh, this is uh, okay. Fabrication Artisanal uh, de Normande. Uh, God bless so, you. So French uh, Normandy cider. Um, right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I was, you know, since you mentioned that, I've a place that I've always, I've always wanted to go to is Normandy. Um, hey, salute. Um, purely because, you know, of to go see the seafront and the bunkers of what happened because yeah. you know it's history yeah absolutely. um now i just want to give uh everyone 
a bit of a everyone who everyone who's listening to the podcast and I mentioned earlier that there's cameras. This video will be obviously uploaded to all our social media accounts. Um, but this is uh, this is the summer royal alley cat um, that uh, Ed was talking about. So I'm just gonna play a quick uh, uh, a quick uh, sample of this while he's pouring my glass of he's getting me drunk <laughs> in a <the> studio. <laughs> Now this was in Rotterdam, correct? Amsterdam, yeah. Amsterdam. My apologies. And uh, it's I love this. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, um, it'll be it's all on their website, Mind dot industries that is correct yep. um and also on their youtube page you guys can go check it out but um it's it's pretty cool the work that they're doing um so i want to i just want to ask you guys the name because I, I was actually interviewed um on a podcast about two months ago and funny enough i actually haven't listened back to the interview just because um uh, there were many reasons why not because the interview the interview was bad just purely because uh there was a bit of sound problems anyway um I was asked, you know, where does this name come from? Because everyone, the moment people ask me, where does this name come from? They always think I'm, they always think it's some meth lab or some crack lab or marijuana thing. <laughs> but isn't that, when, the funny thing is when I came up with the name, I was bored one day because you know, I had my first meeting with the team and they said, well, have you decided a name yet? And I said, well, no clue. So anyway, I was sitting on the couch board one day and I was playing around with some names and I came up with Amsterdam Lab. Obviously Amsterdam, we based your lab. What do you do in a lab? You create stuff, you experiment, and this is what we're doing. Um, so where does your name come from, Mind Industries? Um, so uh, my business partner, Carlos, uh, used to run a thing back in, was it Venezuela? or no, Aruba? this was in Aruba. Okay. Um, yeah. Get close to that mic. <laughs> And he comes. And he comes. And by the way, um, yeah, Carlos was actually uh, <laughs> Carlos was actually here when we were interviewing Manny, my friend from that I used to work with on on yeah. the radio, and we called you the angry Venezuelan. Yeah, sounds about right. Hmm. Are you still angry? Yeah, I am rather angry still, but at the moment just still tired out from last week. <laughs> um, now, do you want to but, tell people uh, what your role is? within the um, company obviously your co-founders but what right. is your role well and also as an answer to your question about the name it all started back in aruba mm -hmm. originally it was i realized at least in aruba what is promoted art wise tends to be very touristy oriented do you want to just swing the microphone towards you because you you're going in and out I mean, I love going in and out, but not in that way. <laughs> Anyways, um, I this started as just a one-time art event. A few months before I came here, actually, um, where the idea was to push the more underground side of the arts. Um, I did some graffiti with some Venezuelan guy back there. Um, I was also working on my own multiple arts as well. I was making skateboards, um, longboards, a bit of everything. Through some connections, I did manage to get some exposure there, but I saw so many talented people that were not. So I said, I need to build something for them, something for people like me, the non-touristy side of the arts of the arts in Aruba. And there's a drainage ditch um, for excess rain in Aruba that is a local skate spot. Right. And we decided, I'm going to do it there. I'm going to get all my skate buddies to come in, close off half the ditch, say, hey, I'm getting permission from the cops for this, so you can skate without them giving you shit, and just skate for me all night, and I'll give you guys free drinks. On the other side of it, I had the more underground side of artists, each with their own stand that we built from stolen material from an abandoned hotel, um, which was 
doors and some plywood stuck together and somehow fed up that they stood up straight and that was each artist's stand and while thinking of a name we were saying all right this is the ditch that's the we always the skate spot is known as a ditch the ditch all right needs to be something with ditch ditch witches ditch bitches ditch well and then wait ditch 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 my mind yeah ditch my mind there we go that's it and that's how it started ditch my mind and then okay. uh, I think Mind Industries came about as a very late night on the Alvrexkada, uh back in Rotterdam <laughs> at like three in the morning. And I was here with this guy and, you know, everything good comes at three o'clock in the morning. Um, you Some know, of it, my best work. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were talking and, and this baby came, uh, came about. Yeah. And Carlos explained, obviously, about Ditch My Mind, Mind Industries. Yeah. It's, it's, it works, it gels, it's short, it, it, it well, goes to it, it and it explains mind. what it is. It was mine that we got real lucky with that. <laughs> that is true. Do you want to hear... real lucky with that one. <laughs> Jesus. Do you want to hear what Angry Greta has to say about you stealing stuff from people? How dare you? <laughs> you have stolen my dreams. Yes, okay, Greta. <laughs> now, you mentioned uh, you saw people in Aruba um that you know are very talented but they 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 didn't necessarily have the tools to do stuff correct it's not the tools they didn't get the exposure the exposure and it's the cultural sector there is very push everything towards a safe touristy bit so what does a tourist want like oh shit painting on a piece of driftwood or go for mango or blah 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 and sure yeah no i'm selling you skateboard shaped like a coffin now the reason the reason i say this is because uh, there was a guy i used to follow on youtube as uh, he's a blogger and he goes to all these countries and he doesn't sometimes he shows you the just the good parts but most of the time he shows you the bad and the good you know because if you're going to go to a country you i think you deserve to see the good as well as the bad and he went to venezuela uh, last year i think it was Anyway, um, yeah, very brave man. (laughs) Was he white? Yeah, he. Is how is he alive? Well, he had he had some people who he knew that lived in Venezuela, so he knew. So those people would tell him. Were they well armed? Well, no, they weren't well armed, but they had knowledge of the area, so they told him, "Okay, we can only go there, or we can only film that, if that makes sense." Because if you go into a certain area, you'll have your camera taken away from you, or are immediately getting scammed in Caracas the second you lift, get put foot off the air, airplane. He probably did. He probably like did. This is they, the minute you get out. You are barely out of customs and you have someone probably trying to kidnap you already. It's a reason why whenever I fly there, I fly in with my Venezuelan passport. Oh. I'm not putting a target on. Oh, is that why? All right. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the, the reason why I brought this up was because he saw a lot of kids, you know, that were on the streets and very talented. You know, some were painting stuff. Um, some were doing it just purely because what else are they going to do? So, you know, and I'll never forget, he said, you know, this country has a vast amount of talent. It's just a pity yeah. they can't expose it and they don't get not even expose it, but just get paid for it. Um, some of these kids, as I said, were just purely doing it because just to get by for the day, you know, to take their mind off whatever is going on. Um, and I think, you know, what you guys, especially what, what, what you are doing, Carlos, with how you created this and how you got your mindset from being in, in Aruba, you know, that's a terrific way of, of starting a, a company is by taking what you saw and now giving all these people, which is what, you know, where Ed comes in, um, in fact, we actually the both of you come in and give people the opportunity to, you know, that they wouldn't necessarily have anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's uh, it's really nice to offer a platform. I mean, you know, even being here, being a guest, it's uh, super happy that you invited uh, us on. And, uh, uh, it's know, a pleasure, so. guys. It's a pleasure. It's really nice. And this is the thing with the creative industry, especially, you know, over here in the Netherlands, yeah you find a lot of people just just want to share you know yeah. it's, it's not about making a billion euros or you know anything like that it's no, about and we, we want to create content. 
<laughs> yeah, a million will do me fine. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I'm not even I'm not even that interested in in that part of it. I, if if I can make someone's day by either making them laugh or informing them or inspiring them with the people that I talk to or the stuff I talk about, then I'm happy. Obviously, you know the cash, the, the money side of it is nice, but I you know I I didn't want to do it for that, and that was also the reason why in the beginning. I didn't pay any content creators or any influencers to talk about me or, or the company because I wanted to do things organically like you guys are and naturally. Um, and funny enough, I actually had a, I had a meeting with um, the, uh, the team earlier on um, today and I'm quite uh, impressed. You know, it's we're almost a year old. Next month will be one year old and it's taken us a year or two or for people to to appreciate what we do. I mean, I saw some of the episodes from or past episodes that we did are slowly climbing in regards to listenership and uh, in our ratings. I mean, I've I've got a, a a top ten of my favorite episodes that we've done, and some of the episodes have surprised me because I never thought those episodes would be in the top ten, but they are. Um, Manny's episode uh, that that I had is in the uh, number is number eight with the most listens. Cool. So, you know, I'm more happier doing things organically than cheating, if I can use that word, because yeah. you, you feel more appreciative and afterwards. Also, um, coming from someone who's studied business, um, you know, you, you've got to be very careful with growth as well, and you need to manage it correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if things started going absolutely crazy here and you you were having a million a million viewers on every show and or a million listeners on I every wouldn't show. have you here I'm kidding <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding I'm kidding well, I mean you know it, it's when you sort of get rushed into producing content and yeah. you know we've got oh shit we've got all of these people here now we need to do something to keep them interested um that that's when you can sort of lose the originality of your content it's where it's when things can start to become a little bit overwhelming it's where you know instead of signing Wade Hutchinson's you Sign people like Nick Ferrari, um, who I would say is probably one of the used to be good, but now is very much a has been. Um, yeah. You know, and and yeah, you can you can put anyone in front of a microphone to have a rant, but are they going to have an impact, or, or is it just going to sound like you know what's coming out of the UK at the moment, where they're complaining about climate people sitting on the M25? Like it's uh, <laughs> we, we've got. And what do you think about that, by the way? Um, well, I think. The British, as, as a population, love to be outraged. Um, it's really something that, that goes deep to the bone there. And you, you hear it with the migrant boats. Oh, there's a thousand migrants coming a day. Well, last time I checked, you you, you guys are still short, like, 300,000 lorry drivers. So so let's have, like, 300 right? days of migrants coming. Right? And make them all lorry drivers. And these people actually want to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're, they're going to any extent to get themselves over that channel i personally think they're going the wrong way <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know that's a, that's a story for another day but i mean the outrage that you're seeing in the uk and you've, you've got people like pretty patel saying oh we need to we need to turn these boats around and all of that stuff well who ironically is a migrant herself uh, her parents were a migrant that's the, this born, is, um, yeah, born yeah. from parent migrants but yeah. yes and that, but, that that itself is this is this is the the weird breed of conservative yes. that you Absurd. will find. Um, you get the same with Sajid Javid. These people hate themselves and they hate their heritage. And you'll find that like people like Pretty Patel or Sajid Javid, they they've had the the private school upbringing that that is very typical of conservative politicians. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, and this is someone who had been to a private school in the UK, the the environment there is not exactly encouraging people it's not nurturing people no. and you've got people that are coming out of there hating the fact that they're brown and how do how do they how do they deal with that they go straight to they come into government and and they start putting in these policies that if it was their parents coming to the uk i mean so, someone made a great point the other day about patel's parents they wouldn't be allowed in under her rules um the irony so, in that exactly it's uh, it, it's just typical of, of british and this is the sort of private school culture raising people to almost hate themselves um and it's where all this outrage stems from as well you know it's it, it's it's shocking i mean back in 2018 um 2019 i i, I was uh, part of a party called change uk uh in i the know UK. that party 
It was uh, Anna Subri, Chukka Amuna, and yes. Luciana Berger basically got together and said, we've had enough. We've had enough of all of this. And, uh, and it turns out they've had enough of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Look how well that I worked mean, for them. That was one of the shortest lived political parties in, in, in quite a while. But um, I, I was actually running uh, in the 2019 European elections. I was uh, I came second in the nominations uh, for MEP Southeast of England Who for Change you? UK. You kept, did you kept beat you? Uh, no, no, no. This oh. was just within the party. Oh, so, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Change UK got shat on throughout the whole thing because... For a, for a party that wanted to keep politics broadly the same just before the re- referendum, they really picked a bad name. <laughs> yeah, and that is consistent of the political scene, you know, in in the UK as a whole. I mean, I think the only party that's actually stayed on message and the reason that they're in government is because of that is the Tories. Um, you know, that that was their thing. Get Brexit done. Brexit means Brexit, this, that, and the other. They, they wouldn't tell you what it was, but they stayed on fucking message. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, fu- it's funny you mention that because now uh, in the news this week, Lord Frost, who, if you guys don't know, he's not really that important, but <laughs> um, he is the, well, he was the chief negotiator yes. for, for Brexit, for the, for the British side. He's now said um, he wants people to choose what uh, EU laws they should drop from their Brexit uh um, negotiations. How about all of them? <laughs> Not just ask them one or two. How about all of them? Well, I, I don't think it was quite the bonfire of red tape that it was promised to be, Wade. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's the thing. I mean, just this week I've been dealing with the importation of some goods uh, from the UK into the Netherlands, and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I can uh, I imagine it was a there was a headline uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Marks and Spencers has twelve stores in Paris um, that they've they've thrown in the towel in now because it's just too much hassle. Um, yeah. You know, there's too much red tape, too much bureaucracy, too much legislation. It's almost like you could say Project Fear was right. <laughs> yeah, and and the funny thing is, we were all we we all said this would happen. All the people who I'm not saying this in a in a bad way but all the people who have who had brains mm. said this to you this was all gonna happen well i think that's why we're sat here to mm. be honest with you in, well. uh, in amsterdam uh, on our temporary brexit exemption cards mm. <laughs> and look it's been, look it's been one of the best decisions i've ever made um, not just starting this company but coming here um who knows maybe this girl that i was talking to maybe it was the encouragement i needed or maybe it's just because i'm a hopeless romantic but either way, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made, and I'm sure the same for you and for Carlos as well, and for anyone, because you know what I find really strange about the Netherlands is, you know, they ask you if you go for a job interview or if you meet a Dutch person over drinks, and they say, well, why did you come to the Netherlands? What brought you here? I always say the freedom. Yeah. And they look at you like, but but, but London has freedom. <laughs> And you tell them, no, there is no freedom at all. In fact, gay people have to behave themselves in London. Yep. And I think one, one moment, I used, I used to be a, a service engineer. Um, I used to take care of pumps and um, heating systems and stuff like that. Uh, I used to do a lot of work in London. And really, the, the thing that sort of brought it home to me, I was like, shit, I need to get out of this place. I was, I was on yeah. the North Circular. I can never forget this. I was, I was sat in a van in the North Circular in traffic. Which is the uh, highway for anyone that wants to know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <we're laughs> for, our, for the non-English listeners. Um, and I looked off, to, looked off to my left and I saw a, a, a phone box. And you know they put um, advertising on, on phone boxes. And it was a woman in a hijab walking down the roads with a guy in a van shouting at her. And it was paid for by the British government. I can never forget this. And it said, get off my land. Oh, no, it said, oh. it's never okay. <laughs> racial abuse and all of this stuff and i was just sat there like fuck do we need to tell people this it's not all right to fucking yell at yell at muslim women from vans shit that that's that's something we need to educate the british public about i was like i need to get out of here man i mean it really says something when the guy whose last name is literally white thinks that that country is too racist <laughs> mm. well i heard a story this week actually um because you know there was that um there's that uh, british girl who's had her citizenship taken away from her um, Shamima Begum, yeah. Yes, and funny enough, I actually posted a picture of because she was interviewed on some morning television show in the UK, and I took a screenshot of this and I posted it on my social, and 
it literally looks like it's not a girl, it's a man. Because if you look at her face, you know, if we all have beards. If you shave our beards, it, it's always a mark of where your beard was. <laughs> She's got that. And if you had to put a wig on any of us with long hair and a cap, we would look exactly like she does. So I just made a comment and, and I said, look, that to me just looks like a boy who's pretending to be a girl so they can let her in into the UK. That sounds very racist. It probably is racist. But it's just if you see, actually, I got the picture. You decide, right? You tell me if this is a boy or not. Um, no, you have to see this. It's a, it's in, it's in, it's incredible. Um, hang on, hang on. Uh, where is this picture? Oh, I got a picture of Boris Johnson and his mother. Um, and that's sort of funny enough. I was saying to you uh, on Instagram earlier this week. You uh, there's one body he wasn't expecting on the pile. Right? <laughs> now look, his body's going to be piling up. Yeah. Oh. Don't you think it looks like a boy with a wig? Because you can see the beard outline. I mean, what I find, the, the, when, I, when I saw that, the, the one thing that sort of jumped out at me, um, if you cut back six months ago, uh, she was in a burqa um, yeah. in the exact same place. And uh, I know she's got a very interesting immigration lawyer who's trying to deal with her situation. And I can't help but wonder who's pulling the strings going, you need to go on British TV. Yeah. Um, you need to you need to wear a crop top, you know, a bit of cleavage. You've got to show a bit of cleavage for the UK. Um, you know, just just make them know that you don't appreciate, you know, <laughs> being covered. And, and she wants, by the way, she wants to tell Boris Johnson herself um, that she can actually help the UK. With I mean, terrorism. a lot of people could tell Boris Johnson how to do a better job than what Boris Johnson currently does. So I don't <laughs> think that's uh, I don't think she's a million miles away, to be honest with you. I mean, looking at the cabinet reshuffle this week, we, we've got more fucking useless piles of shit in the in the Tory cabinet so yeah, we I mean look we we can have those chats about this for the next year because it is <laughs> it is just embarrassing and I just want to say you mentioned this earlier um I don't hate the UK in regards to the culture or anything like that people may think that I don't I have a lot of friends and I have a lot of family that live in the UK and they've decided to make that their home hmm. Good for them, as you say. I just hate what what I see going on now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a shambles. Um, you know what what the Tories have done to that country is uh, is ridiculous. And mm -hmm. you know I think if you if you look at the opposition and you look at you know I mean the 2019 general election was really one of those moments that I, I realised that the country was falling apart because if you look at people like you know the Liberal Democrats, Joe Swinson and and her god-awful backpedaling at the end of that. They, they were coming on really well um, in the election, and then they decided, oh, yeah, no, shit, let's cancel Brexit. Um, and, and everyone went, what, what, what? That's not what you've been saying this whole time. And it's, you know, and, and you look at Corbyn. <laughs> what a man Corbyn was. He tried twice and still failed. Um, normally it's after the first election that uh, <laughs> that they lose, they step down. Um, but he, he had another go. Um God bless him, and uh, he still they still had to chuck him out kicking and screaming. It's well, I think it's it's a, from what I've seen recently in Europe. I mean, Norway's just recently elected a Labour, um, very pro left leader. Obviously, there's a bit of coalition coalition parties. I mean, they've got the Greens involved, they've got the Socialists involved, um, they've got people who don't like um, what is it the EEA or whatever they're part of. Um, so look, I think the only way is up um, for in regards to Europe. I mean, recently now the, the Labour Party is actually uh, two points up in polls in the UK. So I mean, I'll believe that when I see it. Ex um, well, it, we got to we got to <laughs> cling on any kind of hope we can. I think, unfortunately, for at least the next ten years, um, you know, Keir Starmer, who was who was supposedly the prodigal son when he got elected, he was he was going to knock Boris Johnson into shape with his smooth talking legalese and. Uh, but he doesn't talk properly though. I've, he sounds like someone who's had his wisdom teeth taken out. Yeah, and and and, and he's absolutely fucking gutless. You can't take anyone seriously who's had their wisdom teeth taken out. <laughs> no. I mean, if you look at Starmer in um, Prime Minister's questions, he, he he just falls apart, and and you know, I I really think. 
And the media is, is complicit in this as well. If you, if you look at the tactics of, uh, of, of our current crop of politicians in, in the United Kingdom, it's... Uh, it's ridiculous. We'll be doing an interview, you know, they'll be sat across like, like me and you right now, and you'll, you'll ask a question, and I'll go, well, I think what you've said is very interesting on a high level, uh, and what we need to do is remain focused on the targets that we've set, and ma 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 and then they'll, they'll spin a load of shit. And, and what, what people should be doing is to... No, I'm really sorry, Liz Truss, Dominic Raab, Boris Johnson, whoever. That's not the question that I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say they would, they would just be shouting at you or interrupting <laughs> you. You wouldn't be letting me finish the question. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, I just want to go get back onto um, um, your your company because I, I, it's very fascinating. And I think you guys should have a look out there at their website, mind.industries. Um, have a look. They've got an Instagram account as well. They've got a YouTube account. Um, what is your your both of your visions for the next year. I won't say five years because that's the worst thing anyone can ask anyone. I mean, I don't even know what our vision for this company is going to be in the next five years from now. So what is your vision for the next year? Who are you going to be working with? Do you want to work with anyone that that you have your minds set on? I mean, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, a five-year plan obviously would be very difficult, especially yeah. at the moment. And um, with the disruption that we've had from COVID and, and all of that stuff, you know, it's it's hard to tell where any of us will be in a year's time. But uh, at the moment, we're, we're, we're working on some really great stuff. So we're going to have the web shop up um, sort of early October, maybe mid-October. Um, we're going to be selling some great commissions, um, some really cool stuff. Um, so that, that's going to be super interesting when that's up. Um, again, anyone out there who's interested... In getting some of their stuff in our shop, feel free. It's uh, email subs at mind.industries. Um, getting the shop up is a big goal. Um, we're running also down in Rotterdam, uh, probably around Halloween time, an alley cat race uh, of our own. Um, so we're. Carlos uh, is looking at me like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, it's more like. I just have some. Sorry, no, no, don't worry about that. Uh, those aren't sound effects, yeah. but by the way, that's just my uh, collection of uh, yeah. Euro uh, European, uh, European Heineken collection. Yeah, yeah. bit of a geek. It's like a little altered hey, I've got my own artwork here, as you can see. <laughs> what do you think of my artwork? I'm wondering if it has some of any gold Heinekens. No, I can't no. see a British one either. So hey, no, no, I, I do. No, I've got, I've got the Welsh, I've got the Scottish. Hey, got... the best countries of the United Kingdom. <laughs> and who else do I have? I've got Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. Oh, everything but. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find England. I wonder why that is. I couldn't find Oops, England. I dropped it. Oh, what, do, do we have shortages of their stuff here then? Touche. <laughs> Touche. Oh dear. Wait, I have to give you a round of applause for that. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you guys, um, so, you know, obviously, as I say, I, 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 this is the question I always get, I always stumble upon. And I think if anyone can answer this question, they're very brave. You know, when people ask you, what is your, your, your ambition? What is your goals and all of that? And I think, you know, go with the flow. That's what I think you guys should do. What makes what makes art for you guys? If you see something, what is art for you guys? That's a very difficult question because it could literally be anything. It, it could be someone who does an amazing piece of performative work. You know, that's that's the point in us having a performance space as well as the gallery. Um, you know, art, art takes so many different forms. Um, and to make it just one thing would be really sort of close-minded, I think. Um you know, so we're, we're, we're really working hard um, with the sort of audio-visual type stuff at the moment, um, purely because that, that is where most sort of media consumption is done yeah. these days. Um, however, having said that, we're also doing some commissions, uh, some custom bags and, and bits and pieces like that. Um, we've got a lot of merchandise that we're, we're going to be bringing out very shortly. Um, and, you know, I've also been working with uh, some guys down in Breda, um, whose basic ambition is, is to bring jazz music back to Europe. Um, and they want to bring in bands from like the New Orleans, from the New York, um, and all of that stuff, and, and start booking them 
on a regular basis throughout Europe. Um, so hmm. working with these guys on jazz awesome. is definitely something that you know we, we can't wait to do. Um, yeah. And on top of that, they've got a great space where we can record some of our own content with our own vocalists, with our own musicians, that sort of stuff. So it's uh, it's really hard. I mean, like you say, we, we really just go with the flow. And you know, the the great thing about being here. Um, you know, being in the Netherlands is, is how inclusive it is um, as a country. I mean, I, I say this every every weekend. Every single one of us sat in this room. We were born in quite possibly the most diverse locations on the planet. I mean, you've got a mm. Brit, a South African, and a Venezuelan. Sat I actually here. want to say that since you mentioned this, because I I get asked a lot. I get I get asked this a lot. Um, and look, you know, it's no fault of their own. But whenever I talk to a Dutch person or anyone who lives in the Netherlands and they're not Dutch or whatever the case is, they always ask me, so where in the UK are you from? Because to them, I have a very posh English accent. I don't think I do. <laughs> Can you please just tell everyone I don't have a UK accent? Uh, yes. So Wade has a South African accent uh, due and, to where he was born. <laughs> and what, what makes it different? Because I don't think I have that typical accent because I don't have that... Um, What's that movie called that everyone has watched and I've never watched? District Nine. That's it. I was gonna say Transformers. <laughs> I was gonna say Transformers, but it's the same thing. No, so oh, that is a great film. I don't have that typical uh, accent, um, and I know I don't because I've I've heard South Africans talk and I've listened to myself on you know many occasions because you know sometimes I do listen to the show to hear if how good the interview was or if it's just a solo act from me anything I can improve on, like my pronunciation or anything like that. So what uh, uh, dif uh, uh, makes our accents different, mine and yours? Well. Because I really want to get settled this now because I, although it's a really nice compliment to have an, an, a, a Chelsea accent, I don't think... I mean, you don't have a Chelsea accent. Well, really some people... Sorry. I know, but people <laughs> who live in the Netherlands and people who... Are Dutch think this? Hmm. I mean, that's very strange given it South is. Africa's association with the Netherlands as well. Um, so you'd think that the Dutch would be a little bit better on uh, picking up on an accent that they had a no. very large part in creating. Uh, <laughs> no, this is the thing, and this is the thing that uh, amazes me is, you know, that. So every time people, and this is why I, I, I you know, I, I, I've come to a point where I actually just play along. I said, no, no, I'm from London. Oh, yes, I can hear you. You've got quite a London <laughs> accent. I mean, my, my thing I always used to do uh, was, uh, good day, mate. Yeah, I'm from uh, from Australia. Crikey. Um, yeah, some, sometimes you don't really want them to know that you're bloody British, um, especially in the current climate. So <laughs> I love that, though. I can hear, definitely hear an Aussie accent there. Um, but that's certainly interesting. Um, I love what you guys are, are doing. Um, and if there's any way... We can help as a as a as a company. Um, record the outcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you can you record from a scooter? I've never tried. I've never tried, but I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at using Google Maps and riding at the same time because I don't have a holder on my bike. Can you maintain like thirty k average? I'm sure I could. Two hours. Maybe not for two hours. Maybe you have to use one of the these. Yeah. yeah. Or attach it to my head. That's why. Can you? <laughs> no, it would, it would be good to get you down to uh, to cover some of the stuff. Um, we, we'll definitely extend an invite for, for whatever we do in October. Um, I mean, we are planning... Uh, I mean, th things are getting quite messy at the moment. Cause the, the, these, in a these, good way? In a very good way, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, these alley cats have just gone from one strength to another. I mean, I really wasn't expecting to meet the, the type of community that we met um, the other day. Um but we're also planning a, a launch event where we're going to have a band. We're going to have some of our artists. We're going to book a, a performance space in, in, a, in a you know brewery or, or a bar or, or something like that, um, just to sort of showcase what we have until until we're until we're set up in, in a physical premises. Um, so we'll definitely get you down to cover that, man. It'd be, it'd be great to have you there. I'd love to. Um, very quickly, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, well, not ask you guys, but I actually wanted to say Mazel Tov to your mayor. Your Rotterdam mayor, ah, because uh, yes, he was voted best mayor in Europe. Uh, let me guess why. Uh, he's Islamic. That's always a good point. Yeah, it's always a very good point, point. Um, and he, especially during the Corona pandemic, um, he 
led by example. I'm mm. not saying Femke Hals, uh, Femke Halsma. Well, <laughs> did you guys? Speaking of that, did you have the the unmute me protests in Rotterdam? Um, yes. we did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had that uh, last weekend, and I, I know someone who went there, and he said it was up to 90,000 people, mm. which is surprisingly more than the 10,000 estimate that were supposed to be there. Um, but that just shows you how, how much people crave this kind of industry that you guys are doing. For sure. And I think, you know, with, with, with COVID and everything as well, um, you know, especially it really doesn't help that you've got like the Zandvoort Grand Prix going on the week beforehand. And uh, I can never forget at the end, uh, I was watching an interview on uh, on Sky Sports uh, between, uh, I think it was Martin Brundle and uh, Red Bull team principal Christian Horner. Um, and he turned around, he said, oh yeah, no, it's so great. And he said, oh, you're going to be out partying tonight, Christian. And Christian turns around and he goes, oh no, it's been like a festival atmosphere all weekend here. And I was like, he's just said it. <laughs> he's just said it. The whole, the whole thing with Trying this. Trying to play you know? it down. Trying to play it down. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to play it down. So, I mean, people are understandably pissed about this, you know, and I, I, I think it's, it's right. And like, I'm, I'm not someone that goes to nightclubs. Or I'm not someone that's no. really a, a massive fan of, of that sort of thing. Um, but I think it, in fairness to have, filled football stadiums, to have Grand Prix going on, to have all of this shit, and then to say, oh, no, you can't have a few hundred people in a nightclub. It's is, ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Um, and now they, they've turned around and said, oh, we're, we're going to do nightclubs, but they need to shut at midnight. Well, in this week's episode of Who the Fuck Cares... <laughs> and isn't that when the party starts? Yeah, like, that's... Uh, that's the thing. I mean, normally nightclub, you get there around 12 and you leave at like 4. Um, yeah. But that's... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit strange, you know, and I, I think this whole COVID situation, especially, well, I mean, the Netherlands has done a hell of a lot better job than Britain, um, but, you know, at, at the same time, I don't think any country really knows what the fuck they're doing when it comes to this stuff. No, because it's 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 uh, alien to them. Mm. Um, but look, you know, I was the biggest um, criticizer of the Dutch government. There's no lying about that. I, may, I personally made... Um, Hugo de Jong, the target on the show. In fact, I think that guy was too scared to go on his socials purely because I targeted him so bad. And I'm not saying it it was me, it was down to me, but ever since I did that, he put his finger out his ass <laughs> and actually did stuff. So I'm not saying it was me, but anyway... Look, well, I've got to say thanks for your effort, Wade. Well, look, you know, <laughs> hey, I did it for... You see, it's not, it's not about me, it's about you. You see, I've always said this, it's not about me all about you guys um hey uh you guys can uh, find more about um ed and carlos uh, mind.industries is their yes, website is, yeah. uh, on their website you can also click on their instagram accounts to take you directly to the instagram account to their uh youtube accounts which they've just recently uploaded a video uh, that I, I played you guys uh earlier the alley cats video mm -hmm. um, which when i looked at it already almost had 60 views Hey, that's so I'm gonna have a drink to in a bit then. Mm, cool. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think you guys are what you guys are doing is terrific. Um, the more the merrier. Um, we need to we need more people like what you guys are doing um, to give the opportunity to people that wouldn't necessarily have the platform and the opportunity. I mean, that was the whole reason I started this, not because of me. I also wanted to give people the opportunity. Um, that they wouldn't necessarily on radio um, or on traditional media. So, you know, do yourselves a favor, go and follow them, mind.industries on their socials um, and be prepared to be blown away. And I do mean that. I really do mean that. The work they're doing is really super. And um, I can't wait to see this video, by the way, because, by the way, I hate being on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but too late to say that now. Yeah, there's... I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of it either, but just but pretend is, it's not there. This like, is the way it's going now. So yeah. it's, look, hey, however, I mean, it's pretty, pretty good to see how I look, actually. But anyway, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've come to a point in my life where I just literally don't give a fuck. But anyway, <laughs> hey, guys, thanks so much for coming in. Um, by the way, um, are, you any, are, you, are any of you looking for housing by any chance? I've got a beautiful flat no? right in the middle yeah. of town. So. But you know how difficult <laughs> it is to find housing, right? Yep. Especially in Amsterdam. Yes. 
Well, you know, Amsterdam is notoriously known to be the most difficult place in the Netherlands to find housing. Don't worry. Hello Housemate aims to match you with people in your search for housing and housemates and serves as a trustworthy community by and for real people. Yes, that's right. No brokers, no spam, and no people greeting you with just a towel over their cock. <laughs> so whether you're looking for a new place uh, to call home, a housemate to share your flat with, or a tenant for your room or apartment, Hello Housemate is here to help. Uh, you can contact them uh, with uh, with their seekers and listers in the Amsterdam in the Amsterdam area uh, today by becoming part of their housing community. Request your free membership on their site, hellohousemate.nl, and join the community of like-minded housemates, tenants, and landlords. That website again, hellohousemates.nl. All right, everybody, have yourselves a terrific week, weekend, whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast. I get people who ask me questions about stuff I said last year. I can't even remember that I said. That's the beauty about a podcast. So have yourselves a terrific weekend, week, whenever it is that you're going to be listening to this. And I will see you next week. By the way, before I wrap things up, we got another guest. The guests are flowing on the show. Uh, he's a guy by the name of uh, Gustav, uh, Gustavo Ribeiro. And he is the co-founder of Brazilian Report, which is a very, very cool uh, uh, Brazilian uh, uh, news agency that publishes all the news about Brazil in English. And I find it very fascinating what's going on in Brazil at the moment. Um, obviously, they've got their own version of Boris Johnson. They've got Yao Bolsonaro, Bastonaro, as I like to call him. Um, and just like with Trump, he is also very scared about the upcoming elections because he knows what's going to happen. So it's going to be very interesting to chat with him. Uh, he's going to be joining us on the phone next week from uh, Sao Paulo in Brazil. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, the guests, I can't even tell you who's coming up after that because the guests are just flowing in for our, for our Christmas. Uh, for Christmas, what am I saying? The champagne, the, the, the cider is getting to me now for our birthday month. It's all leading us up to our one-year um, birthday. So have yourselves a terrific weekend week and I'll see you guys next week.